really need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is Buffalo What's Next. I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Dave Debo. And I'm Thomas O'Neill White. After May 14th, how can we afford not to talk about race? About education, about segregation, about humanity. Since the dawn of this nation, racial violence has existed. The way we have designed our society has a big hand in what occurred in that Topps market. The suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. We need to make sure that we put more funding in our programs that help prevent gun violence and more money into art. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truths. And good morning to you. Welcome to Buffalo What's Next. And uh, with us for the next hour, Deidre ML, Executive Director of the Western New York Peace Center. Deidre, great to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. You know, it's interesting. I, it just, I had a couple of questions lined up, but I wanted to reflect back after hearing the our uh, dramatic opening that we have for this mm-hmm. and all the voices and such. When we first had you here, it was not long after uh, May 14th. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering if for you, or for people that you talk with, and I'm sure you talk with lots and lots and lots of people, mm-hmm. has anything changed? Has anything changed since those initial raw feelings of midsummer here in Buffalo? Um, I think, and this is what we talked about before, I think awareness changed um, for the good. Awareness amongst uh, many other uh, communities, especially uh majority white communities, suburban communities, um, awareness of the the racial, uh, uh, the racism here in Buffalo and awareness of, um, of the disconnection between communities and um, support. Um, and whether it's a di- direct support or in legislation and um, districts and laws. So we can, so we do have a sense of awareness. That obviously is a positive. That's, yeah, much better. And awareness, I would say, um, accountability. Okay. More accountability. Um, so now I'm aware. Oh, is really racism actually happening? Yes, it actually happens here, and it's very systemic. Okay, now what do we do? Oh, I think we're a part of that. Do you think so? Okay, well, you know, how do you think so? So I think it's more accountability. Um, that's happening also, which I'm, you know, I'm really grateful for. Uh, Peyton Gendron, the man who, of course, uh, mm-hmm. pled guilty to um, the killings at Tops, mm-hmm. is going to be uh, sentenced this week. Is there a sense about the emotion that might be in the city of Buffalo and the black community of Buffalo right now? Maybe even just for you. How about mm-hmm. for you? How do you feel right now? I mean, you're committed to peace, mm-hmm. but at the same time, this was no peaceful act, right. and um, you know, I, I and, and I can totally understand how people could have very raw emotions about this. Right. Um, you know, I really can't. Well, I can't speak for myself, but I would say that I have mixed emotions. Um, I believe that for true peace to happen, justice must be served. Um, how justice is served um, in in a uh, the wonderful uh, America, uh, we get to choose to an extent, right? We get to vote on those laws and we get to say, you know, uh, if we want the death penalty or if we want, you know, um, harder laws on certain things. So I think that, again, it's beyond my voice, but it's really 
depending on what the community want, you know, has to say. Right. How does the community that it affected uh, want justice? And um, and that is where I would weigh more in the balance. And um, and if it's uh, even though he he was a young man, he's eighteen. However, he has parents. However, he has influences. So all those things have to be taken into account. Um, and whatever happens, it's still not going to bring our loved ones back. Um, and there's still going to be loss. Um, and so we have to deal with that loss. And we have to learn how to heal those holes in our hearts. You know a lot about healing with a lot of your different experiences for sure. We can get into that just a little bit, but just you know, when you mentioned the eighteen-year-old and the influences mm-hmm. on him, and I got—I can't lie. I mean, when I heard some of the things about what he had written, mm-hmm. people he was in contact with, it took me aback that yes. there is that level of of hatred mm-hmm. in existence. Um, what about that? I mean, is there? Do you feel that there's a com- Anything combating against it again? Maybe, maybe you try to just stay away from it if you can, because maybe it's for the best. But it's yeah. education. Yeah, I, I feel that you know. I think many of us, um, I'll say African American people, um, that are very angry. You know, we you know we look at white people or you know people of another any other nationality really. Sure. And we say you should know this. You should have known that. Don't you know? Bop, 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 you know, about racism and so on. And the answer is no, because you grew up in the same bubble of systemic racism. It was, well, not the same bubble, a different bubble right. than the inner city Buffalo or than the east side of Buffalo. We grew up not really learning about so-called African-American history, right? Um, not really knowing the history of Buffalo or the connections or our, you know, our uh, uh, economic successes and so on. But also, I would say um, uh, uh, white people did not learn. And you can tell me, and this is what I have heard and this is what I have witnessed, have not learned about the African-American experience. Right. They have not learned about systemic racism or if racism really exists. Um you know, you you know, we grow up in our kitchens and our homes, and the general talk and conversation may be full of racist remarks, and no one regards it because it is just family. It's just the regular. That's you know, just so and so. Right. That's just so. His until way. they are made aware, and are taught and educated, then that's the only way change, true change, is going to happen, and it has to happen on all fronts. Um, our, the children in the suburbs must learn, you know, about, you know, other nationalities. They must be exposed to other nationalities. They are not. Um, and, and so on, you know, so we kind of continue, you know, the, the same um, uh, series of oppression and ignorance. And, um, and so for this young man, I, I believe it's the same thing. You know, he had some ideas. They were reinforced by, you know, his his search for information. Um, and I believe it's it's a it's a larger picture than racism. You know, it's a economic, uh, it's a political economic um, uh, uh, situation that um, 
that 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 we're that we're looking at that's unfolding. Um, no one wants to say that it's about money, but it is. It's about wealth, and it's about uh, uh, the basics of survival. And when anyone's basics of of survival um, or means of survival is taken away, or is threatened, then they are looking to demolish, to protect, you know, um, their their way of life. And so, you know, whether it's, like I said, I think we were talking about this before. Right. Um, uh, America's, you know, is full of immig- immigrants, right, other than the enslaved uh, African um, and the indigenous. You have immigrants coming in in waves. Well, one immigrant that was here for a couple of years said, oh, no, who's coming next? They're the scoundrels. They're the dirty ones. They're, mm-hmm. You know, so it was... It was. It wasn't just black and white, you know. Um, you, you know, even in Buffalo, that's why you had the, you know, Irish area. You had the Polish area. You had the Italian area. Not just because they just wanted to stick with their own kind per se, but yeah, they had their own racist <laughs> or cultural, ethnic, you know, right. uh, views of the other, um, and they were coming to take their job or not to take their jobs. They were coming in and they were taking the same jobs that they just received. You had the, the Southern uh, migration of African-Americans coming up to, uh, to, to the North for jobs. And then, you know, the, uh, all the new immigrants that's in Buffalo said, oh, no, they're coming to take the Buffalo Steel job, uh, Buffalo Hill, Steel jobs. They're coming to take our manufacturing jobs. We don't want them here. So it was beyond color. You know, color is just... That's just added, you know, to the plate of separation. Um, but it's it's a it's an economic downfall and downturn that is re- what we're really dealing with. And any time that capitalists can uh, divide the poor, can divide the common people, they will take every opportunity, whether it's gender or whether it's color, ethnicity, or you know, or what have you. Well, I, I've, I've, I really appreciate your, your answer on that because the most certain, like you said, we did touch on this maybe a little bit when you were back here in the summertime, but I think it's, it's worth getting back into some of that and making sure, like you said, that education element. You know, people don't necessarily want to think, you know, if you're a you know, 45-year-old person <laughs> who, you know, have a yeah. family of, of, of three and you live in the suburbs and, you know, you don't want to think that you're being educated, but there is that component that people... Yes need to hear this conversation and the real realization that there's there are forces out there that are historic mm-hmm. and continue today yes. that are creating what happened here in Buffalo uh, May 14th. And, of course, um, many have to continue to live with in a, some very difficult conditions for right. sure. Well, it's interesting here we are in Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And the Western New York Peace Center, you know, has its... Its roots, I didn't realize this until I was on your website earlier, mm-hmm. that its roots go back to 1967 and Martin Luther King. Yes, right. That's right. Um, you know, that's one thing, you know, I always say that I really love about the Peace Center is that although it has been a majority uh, white organization since its inception, it is what it is. Um, and it's nothing to be um, uh, feel bad about. Right. Uh, you have, you had, you know, uh, clergymen. Um, and and men uh, here, like Ken, 
um, Sherman and Wayne Alt and other uh, people that went down to hear Dr. King um, listen uh, to the Beyond Vietnam speech um, that he did at Riverside um, Riverside Church in New York City. And they heard that call as clergy, you know, as, la- you know, laity, as spiritual people and said, we want to do something about this. And, you know, they brought that message back. So they, they heard a black man, they received his calling and they brought it back to other white people. And they said, hey, we got to do something about this. Right. And so and it was against what the Vietnam War is our is our brothers and sisters in Vietnam is Vietnamese. You know, so the very inception of the Peace Center uh, was in uh, support of um, of justice and equity for people of color. You know, they hurt a person of color to to not fight against people of color. And um, so I believe that that. You know, it's from its inception, you have people that were accountable and that were became aware about America's um, uh, influence on the world, you know, and it's uh, well boogeyman and bullying, you know, of the world and wants to do something about it and still wants to do something about it. We're going to talk a little about that. We're going to talk about uh, some of the things that you guys have coming up here at the West New York Peace Center as well. We've got more to come here. Our guest this morning is Deidre ML, Executive Director of the Western New York Peace Center. This is Buffalo What's Next on WBFO. Why female songbirds sing. I'm Bob Hershon, and this is Science Update. Male songbirds sing more than females do, and most research is focused on how their songs help them maintain their territories and attract mates. But females of some species, like the house wren, also sing. If you go into the field expecting to see patterns that you see in males, it can be really easy to miss these rich interactions that are going on between females, too. That's Michigan State University behavioral ecologist Kara Krieg. She and colleague Thomas Getty report in Animal Behavior that female wrens sing the most during the egg-laying stage of the spring, perhaps to ward off rival females attempting hostile takeovers of their nests. And it seems to work. Females that sang the most in response to playback of recorded wren song suffered the fewest egg losses. I'm Bob Hershon for AAAS, the Science Society. This is Buffalo What's Next where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. And uh, welcome back to, to the program, Buffalo What's Next. My name's Jay Moran. Deidre ML is with us, Executive uh, Director of the Western New York Peace Center. Um, we've talked a little bit about uh, the connection here in February, uh, Black History Month, and to Martin Luther King. And I wouldn't mind getting back into that, but I most certainly want to uh, highlight some of the things that you and your organization are getting ready to do, including coming up, it looks, uh, the Western New York Women's March, March mm-hmm. 26th, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes, March 26th. So um, I'm really excited about it. It's um, The title is uh, Western New York Women's March, uh, Peace is Worth It. And uh, we are looking at um, uh, uplifting international women's rights, 
um, supporting our, our sisters in Iran and freedom for Iran. Um, we are looking at um, negotiation instead of war, especially, of course, you know, of in Ukraine and uh, many other war-torn, you know, countries. And we are focusing on environmental sustainability because with war, you know, is a degradation of the environment and, of course, the degradation of communities. And, um, again, lack of support for those communities um, in war-torn countries regarding food, you know, shelter, and the basic uh, needs to survive. So we want women to stand up men and women to stand up, um, and all uh, genders um, to stand up for uh, for our civil and our human rights as human beings for peace, um, because it's beneficial uh, for all. Um, so it'll be March 26th, okay. 1 p.m. We'll meet at Niagara Square downtown, and uh, we're going to march on the sidewalk straight down to the downtown library, Central Library. And we'll have our program there in the ring of knowledge. And um, so I'm just, I'm really excited. We're going to have, you know, um, organizations that are um, on the same, you know, no or on the same theme, um, having, you know, tables out. We may have some food there. Uh, We'll have a children's area to learn more about uh, women's history. And um, so I'm really excited about it. And it will be from 1 to 3.30. You, I appreciate you making mention that it's not just women, right? That yes, are, that, men, right? men, and all genders, you know, come out, you know, and let your voices be heard. At the same time, I love this. I saw this on your Facebook page, mm-hmm. an image that, and uh, I don't know if you put it there, but there is no force equal to a woman determined to rise. Yes, I love that quote. Yes, Maya Angelou. Um, yeah, I just I believe in that wholeheartedly, you know, because I think. You know, it's not that men doesn't have much to lose, but, you know, women, we, I think that we have this innate sense of survival and not just surviving for us, but especially if they're, if we're mothers or if we're taking care of another being, um, we are trying to move one generation into the next, you know, we're not trying to stay in one space and just like, oh, we're just going to survive here. No, we're trying to make a generation survive. You're trying to help a, 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 our kind survive, you know. So I think we have a different um, push uh, to um, to go forward. So uh, the uh, march, the women's march on the 26th, how – what what has been the initial response to the idea that this is going to take place? You know, we always hope for we hope for lots of people, don't we? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't always necessarily turn out that way for a variety of reasons. That's true. But what's the initial uh, response? You know, I think that um, you know we're carrying the same spirit of um, letting our voices um, be heard from at least 2017. Um, when we had our first, uh, I would say, initial Women's March, sure. you know, here um, in the Trump era. <laughs> right. right, right. Well, that's where it, came, it emerged that's, You know, from, right? brought out over, you know, 4,000 people um, to downtown Buffalo. And that was the largest uh, 4, protest wow. um, in Buffalo, I think, in Buffalo's history. And so, you know, it's to, even if it's 100 people, 200 people, that's fine. Because we are continuing that legacy that remember that you have 
the right to speech. Remember that or freedom of speech. We have the freedom to voice our concerns, to voice our, you know, our uh, our love and hates. You know, um, every country doesn't have this freedom. And many and I and I, you know, my heart goes out to our our sisters in Iran. Mm. Many have died for speaking out, for taking off the hijab. 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds have died for speaking out against their government. And so this is a, this Women's March is a, you know, even if it's a token that if you can't be heard, let us help you be heard. Let us lift up your voices um, and, and, and put you up on the platform um, and it's not for us to speak for our other communities, our other um, different communities, but it's for us to lift up their voices. You know, let us create that platform for them to be to be listened to. You also mentioned that you're going to have a, a children's element to to your program. Mm-hmm. What are you finding when it comes to your message at the Peace Center and children? There, in a way, it, it seems very. It works together, right? You think mm-hmm. little kids who get along and they don't know anything about hate just yet and mm-hmm. and everything's beautiful and idyllic and mm-hmm. uh, almost utopian. Mm-hmm. Does That kind of changes uh, as, as kids get older. But so what, what about that? How is that message working with children? How do you go about trying to get that message across? Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to, you know, I would say not to contradict you. Please. But, but to say you wouldn't in, be the in first my, <laughs> in my experience as a uh, a childcare teacher, as a mom, as you know, working with children throughout the years, I would say it's just the opposite. Okay, that we innately are uh, individualistic. You know, we have to learn how to cooperate. We have to learn how to be in a group and work together as a group. And this is one of the things that make us human. We have to learn compassion. Um, and that's why we have to be social creatures, you know. So I would say it goes hand in hand <laughs> with children because we're they're always having conflicts. You ever seen a two-year-old, you know, that's two two-year-olds, true. you know, right. with one toy? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I say no more. Yep. Um, because it's just like, it's mine. This is my world. This is what's happening. You know, why are you in it? You know, you're only in it because I want you to be in it. And this is how this is how I want you to be in it. Very much controlled factor here. Mm, right, right. <laughs> Controlling. Right. Well, you're really changing my point of view here about kids. <laughs> now, uh, in regards to racism or seeing colors and stuff. No, I don't think, you know, that has to be taught, you know, you know, as well. Um, so in that respect, I agree. But as far as learning how to deal with conflict, that is an essential uh a thing from from the womb from the from the beginning you know we talked about like some of my um my past lives as a doula and so on <laughs> you know you know children you know as a baby you learn how to share from being at your mother's breast your mother is sharing all that she has with you you know um and so you know that has that like i said that's a learned um behavior right. to share to cooperate the idea about learning to resolve conflict, again, very much at the core of uh, the Peace Center for sure. Yeah. But it's a general, it's not just kids, it's a general problem a in general society, problem. right? Yes, but it's natural. And I think that once we stop being scared of conflict and start having tools to deal with it, 
I, we'll be all right. You know, um, so it's a natural thing. Right. This is how, like I said, humans grow up, our human development. It's, a, you know, we see our world at first, then at different stages, we say, oh, there are other people that's connected to my world and I'm supposed to, you know, handle things this way. So learning how to deal with uncomfortability, um, learning how to deal with there's one, you know, thing in the room and how do we share it amongst ourselves? Um, that. It can be done. And you just need the tools. Tools. Everyone needs tools. Tools. You know, I used to have uh, at the YMCA, I used to be a YMCA counselor, summer camp counselor, William Emsley Y. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, those seven to nine-year-olds that I had, I was 20 years old, they made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I came to tears. I had over, I had to have over 200 over the the summer, but I had 40 in a group at any given time. Mm. And I, and I tell you <laughs> that it's just, you know, you, you have to, you have to teach, I had to teach them how to deal with their own personal conflicts, listen, list, um, listening skills, active listening skills, let the other person speak, reiterate what the other person is saying, make sure that they, that, that you understand what they're saying, let that person acknowledge um, that they were being heard. Basics. So now they can, instead of me trying to deal with 10 fires <laughs> at one time, you know, maybe I can have at least two or three go over to the side and and talk things out. You know, I have, a, you know, my spiritual background. You know, um, Christ said, you know, if you have a problem with the other, go and speak to your neighbor directly. And if you can't speak to your neighbor, na- you know, if that doesn't happen, Bring in another witness. Bring in someone else to help you mediate, you know, your problem. So this is a very um, basic idea that needs to be taught from youth up. So you're, you're like you said, I guess you're suggesting then you've got a conflict. I mean, it's kind of basic when you when you come right down to it, but not to run away from it, right? No, to not to run confront, away from confront it. it in some way, find a way, whether, like you said, you can do it on your own mm-hmm. or help to maybe get someone to... To, to mediate. To mediate. Mm-hmm. I got to keep you around with me. I got all sorts of conflicts I could uh, use to help with Deidre. Sometimes it's okay to leave, you know, to leave well enough and alone, you know, and that's where discretion and wisdom comes in, you know. Um, and and that's what I hope with our children and our youth programs, we, you know, we teach that sometimes, you know, you know, let things go. But other times, yeah, you want justice. That's why there's conflict. You want justice. It right. always goes goes back to someone wants justice because somebody felt, felt they wronged. were treated wrong, mm-hmm. you know. So and that's okay, that's completely fine, and and it's completely fine for us to have feelings and emotions and in and and be in them at one time as long as we're not harming someone else. Um, and you know, so we go up into big, you know, to countries, you know, having these conflicts and so on. Well, you know, we're looking at a larger. It's really a, the, a, a lot of the same. Sure. Um, you know, before you actually deal with war, you always deal with, hey, is there peace? Can we find a peaceful solution before you, you know, you know, react? Um, so, you know, any country that really wants um, peace for their people are going to go with the um, with a peaceful solution first. 
you know, and not hopefully not have too much testosterone or uh, <laughs> 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 and other thing, you know, to kind of like, oh, you can't do that to me, you know. Right. Um, and and uh, you know, and again, you know, we're looking at the political economy, you know, when we're looking at the larger, uh, the world, um, uh, issues. And so again, we're looking at the basics, necessities, people, countries are being wronged. (laughs) They are not getting the, 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 the things that they need to survive. Therefore, let me fight you for what I need. Or if I'm greedy, let me gather more resources and, um, bully you. So, no. so for you, you you see it, and I want to say it's simple. But when you're mm-hmm. when you when you start talking about it, it's you know the same conflict resolution that you should be doing as a nine year old. Mm-hmm. If you could carry that all the way through on so many other levels, mm-hmm. yeah, you can get to where you'd like where the peace center obviously would like to get to. <laughs> right, you know. We, we think it's simple. Like, I'm talking about it like it's a simple thing. Right. But when our emotions are involved. Exactly. And when we are instigated by other people and other situations, um, and we're not clear on dealing with that, that issue that's in front of us, then things get muddy. You know, we don't remember the facts anymore. You know, too much time has elapsed, you know. So, you know, things start to get a lot more complicated, you know, over time, right? But that's why we should try to deal with it right away right. um and you know i come from a biblical background so i do have a lot of biblical sure uh, references but it says you know don't let the sun go down in your anger hmm. you know so that means you know let let me let me figure out how to how to deal you know with this conflict you know can i is there a solution today and if not let me search out one you know let me not you know let it take too much time that you know no one remembers you know what happened, but I still hold so much um, uh, grief and so much, uh, uh, you know, in my resentment, heart resentment. Yeah, thank sure. you, that's the word. Um, in my heart, and I'm not talking to you. I'm not dealing with you. I'm not in the same circles anymore. I'm just away, you know. So, and we have to reach out to those who we see that are disconnected as well. You, you know, uh, I'm uh, I'm a few years older than you, mm-hmm. Deidre. Uh, yes, <laughs> most certainly, and. Uh, but you know, if, to hear you talk about that—the idea that you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. What, how about for you? When were those realizations for you? Mm-hmm. You know that because it sounds like you—you know—as we're talking about these different issues, you have a way of bringing it right back to these tools, as you say, mm-hmm. when it comes to resolving conflict, and you have that grasp about you. I, I got to admit, I, I lack it frequently <laughs> um, in that regard. So, but yeah, but but how about it? Were there times for you where it's it all starts to become a little not easier? I guess it's never real easy, mm-hmm. but it's more accessible. It's always hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always hard because our pride gets in the way. Right, our ego gets in the way. Um, it's always a practice because you think, oh, I got it. You know, I've been doing. X, Y, Z for so long, I, you know, I got this. And then something bulldoze you, hits you out of nowhere, and you say, wow, well, I'm not going to stand for that. Who do they think they are? <laughs> I've been doing that, 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 and I, I, I. And so you get all these eyes in the way. And so that, you know, then you're the one with resentment. You're the one that you know, I'm not going to, you know, uh, keep, you know, put, you know, throwing, put my eggs in the same basket. You know, you start to have that. 
So it's a constant practice. And when one is offended, we have to tell the other that we're offended or we're going to keep being offended, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and so that takes humility, you know, and it takes humility on both sides. I'm not going to let them know that they hurt my feelings. You know, I mean, it's simple stuff. Yeah. But, you know, and we like, oh, I'm not that childish. You know how many adults is that childish? Right. So, you know, hopefully in our programs, we teach children that you make this a practice no matter how hard it is. And you search within your heart, why am I offended? And you search, uh, is it because of me? Like, you know, I got my own issues or, you know what, this is what really is right. And they didn't do what is right. And, you know, that's why I'm upset, you know. So it's a constant practice for me. It is not easy for me sometimes. Um, even when somebody, do, you know, I do reach out and they say, oh, you know, this is how you offended me. I'm already on a defense. What, what do you mean? You know, well, I could have, you know, been offended if you didn't call me for such and such. But I'm not offended. Right. You know, you start to be on a defense. That, no, we can't respond that way. So I have to, again, look at a reflection, look at my reflection and humble myself to what is right. Because once we do what is just... When I'm talking about what is right, what is just to one another. And, you know, this is how we create justice in our communities. One person at a time, one community at a time. We start to acknowledge and be accountable for our actions and then say, how can I be of service? How can I make it up to you? And, you know, we make peace, hopefully. We're going to let those words just... Let you savor them for just a moment as we go to a break, and we'll come back with more. Our guest uh, this morning on Buffalo What's Next, Deidre ML, Executive Director of the Western New York Peace Center. This is Buffalo What's Next on WBFO. WNED Classical has been conducting interviews of their own on YouTube with the classical music community. Have you ever wondered what goes into the performances you hear on WNED Classical? Head on over to our Buffalo Toronto Public Media YouTube page to see the collection of interviews that we've orchestrated. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. PBS Kids fun and educational content is available wherever you are in Western New York, whenever you want. Live stream the channel at wned.org slash pbskids and while you're there, you can play games, watch videos from your favorite shows like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, Molly of Denali, and Alma's Way. And you'll find resources for parents and teachers. Visit wned.org slash pbskids today. This is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. And uh, welcome back to uh, Buffalo What's Next on WBFO. Our guest this morning is Deidre ML. She's executive director of the Western New York Peace Center. And you sent us to break with uh, some some lovely words and, and thoughts. And 
I love the way you possess them and, and express them. And it does, as you were talking about, it does remind me that you have a lot of experience with healing circles. Let's, mm -hmm. let's talk about those a little bit. And we, there was a lot of talk about healing circles right after 514. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure people have continued them in, in many areas. Yes. But at the same time, just talking about, like you said, everyday conflict, building those tools to try to help you just get by day to day and hopefully – Mm -hmm. do your own little contribution to making it a better world. But mm -hmm. it sounds like that's where maybe you could get some of those tools, right? Yes, because, you know, um, peace without comes from peace within. Um, and many of us, uh, you know, hurt people because we are hurt. And um, so what? one of the things that we're doing um, are wellness days. Um, as we're trying to do these um, at least twice a month. Um, and where we look within, that we have um, uh, a personal touch, that we have connection and meditation um, with one another in small groups at our new center, our new space. And how's the new space, by the way? Oh, it's wonderful. It's, it's, we're in the Carriage House at 1272 Delaware. So we're at the same um, address, but we're in the Carriage House instead of in uh, a small office okay. in the building. Nice. And so now we have two you know, wonderful spaces that we can offer to people to come in and um, do programming with us or, you know, come in, um, you know, for a contribution, uh, you know, use the space. Oh, okay. Yeah, up to 20 people. We have like a conference room and a lounge area. Yeah. So mm -hmm. so I, I did I interrupted your flow a little bit yeah. about <laughs> about the uh, the healing mm -hmm. uh, circles though. So there are opportunities in there to, like you said to learn these tools to yes. help resolve conflict. Yes. So again, even even the basics of deep breathing um, which you you know what you learn in in our wellness days, and we are hoping that really you know the community comes out. We are, we're hopefully in a position now, even that where we can reach out more to the East Side community, um, Jefferson community to come out and connect with us, um, being more accessible um, where we are now um, to access these spaces um, for renewal, for you know. Um, you know, people to be concerned about you and for you to be, you know, um, just being in a loving energy. So that's the wellness days. But um, in May, our Embracing Buffalo team um, will be coming out and we want to um, do at least two days worth of reconciliation and healing circles um, amongst the various uh, Buffalo communities. So we want to have frank conversations as well okay. in these circles. So, you know, people are going to, you know, share how they feel, you know, um, after, you know, 514. Share how they feel about racism in Buffalo. Share how they feel about, you know, um, systemic racism and dealing with, you know, our, our economic uh, situation in Buffalo. Um, people are going to deal with um, uh, the lack of education, what we talked about earlier. And say how, you know, how they grew up and how they, you know, how, how, thing, how they were affected. Um, so we're hoping that, um, uh, that we're going to join with other organizations um, that are already doing this. Um, and uh, our, our ladies, um, Dr. Sabrina Njai, Dr. Carol Penn, Dina Adler, uh, Vicki Ross, um, which are some are uh, licensed social workers. 
licensed physician, um, will be uh, great mediators um, and moderators to help everyone be heard and to facilitate um, listening and understanding. It sounds like uh, high aspirations. <laughs> yes, it is. It's only a couple of days, so we know we're not going to um, heal the world in those days, but um, continue the conversation um, because that's, that's what needs to be had. And speaking of education, um, another element that the Peace Center, the Hope Enrichment Program. Mm -hmm. What is that? So it's a collaboration um, between the COI Cultural Center, which I'm a co-founder of, um, and uh, the Western New York Peace Center. So um, I've been a homeschooler for most of my son's life. <laughs> really? For first through fifth grade and again from about ninth grade and on. So I'm homeschooling a high schooler. And uh, especially after COVID, um, I just noticed it's just this lack, you know, this disconnect. Um, so we've been a part of co-ops, you know, homeschool co-ops. We have created homeschool cooperatives and so on. So to make a long story short, this is a hybrid um, where parents can come and volunteer, they can help teach, or they can drop their children off and know that they are in a safe environment, that, that we have student monitoring, we have classes uh, uh, that, you know, uh, may deal academically and um, socially, um, and uh, we provide support and, and tutoring um, and community, and community. Uh, so this is for homeschoolers. This is for um, maybe um, students that are suspended. Mm. Um, basically, students that are not receiving a traditional public or private education, and they need that stability and a loving and safe atmosphere uh, to learn. So your homeschooled son. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you if, if you're committed to it, because obviously you are committed to, to homeschooling and the benefits mm -hmm. of it. Uh, what do you see in your son that you're, and when you when you realize you think about this homeschooling journey that you've gone on, mm -hmm. what do you see out of your son? Um, I see uh, his sense of self is more. Um, he's not. He's he's never been a really outgoing young man. Well, he is an outgoing young man with people he knows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's always been. But he has a quiet nature to him. Okay. And um, but when I hear him speak his mind and um, his ideas, uh, he, sometimes he surprised me. And I'm like, you've been thinking about that or, you know, what do you understand about, you know, such and such? Like, I didn't know that you thought that deep, you know, or that you can even, you know, sometimes he surprises me with how he articulates his thoughts and his and his ideas um, when he's asked, you know, like he's not just going to offer them, but, right. um, but he's been a part of the peace jam program, you know, for, you know, half of his life for eight years or so. Um, he's been a part of our leadership programs and now he's a leader in camp peace Prince and peace jam. And, um, so as a homeschooler, you know, I think he learns his own autonomy. Um, he knows that his, his ideas and his thoughts are, uh, mean something. And um, and that so he's not just readily swayed with the group. Right. You know, and at the same time, you know, we got to balance that, you know, like I said, that social. Absolutely. Connection. Because I would say so, that's that's the kind of common 
concern, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. about homeschooled kids mm-hmm. that they're not getting enough of that socialization. But boy, right. what you described there, though, is quite the element that, that he can critically so arti- think, critically think, and <laughs> articulate it as well. Right, right, and I think it's a difference between socialization and social interaction. See, when children or anyone is socialized, we are saying that this is the way society is and this is the way we need you to go and this is how you fit in this circle. And we say, you know, these are the rules and this is how you should keep the rules and everyone should walk in the same line, right? But when we are learning how to socially interact, we're learning how to con- to re- resolve conflict. We're learning how to say, well, how to work in a group. You know, we're learning different dynamics of the uh, of, of social interaction, and and how to work with people. And that's a different that's different um, than socialization. And I'm 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 all for social interaction. Right. Positive social interaction. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Deidre ML is with us uh, this morning uh, for about another 10 minutes here on uh, Buffalo What's Next. Uh, Deidre is the executive director of the Western New York Peace Center, and we're having a nice winding conversation about things. I, I tend to get off on tangents, don't I, just a little bit. So I don't want to miss. I mean, we've got the, the Women's March coming mm-hmm. up, and we've talked about the Hope Enrichment Program. Mm-hmm. What else do you want to make sure that we, we touch base with uh, when it comes to the Peace Center here? Well, you know, um, just one more thing with the Hope, with the Hope um, Program is that uh, peace education is intertwined um, within the, the program. It's a daytime program. It's from 9 to 2, Mondays and Wednesdays. And um, so we do a peace pledge. You know, what we, uh, you know, how we want to treat our neighbor, how we want to treat the earth, you know, how do we want to be unified, you know, as a community. Um, and we also learn about uh, uh, social um, social issues and um and do some service learning, you know, projects. So, you know, we're using Peace Jam curriculum and some other um, peace curriculums um, for, for youth. Um, and it goes up to 18. So if a, of, if you have a, a son or a daughter, you know, what have you, um, that uh, is studying for the GED or that needs to um, help, you know, that wants to help tutor or do, you know, some volunteer work or, um, or they need some help in, in, in tutoring in other areas. You know they can um, come in and be connected with us. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, I don't want, like I said, though, I don't want to miss anything else though. Before. Um. What else is going on? Um. We are hoping to bring Medea Benjamin, um, to Buffalo. She wrote uh, her new book on the war in Ukraine, mm. um, and negotiations, um, not war. And uh, so she's going to have actually a circuit, a New York State circuit. She's going to be in Albany. Um, in the in the middle of April, um, then Syracuse. We're hoping Niagara Falls and Buffalo. So we're still working those arrangements out. Nice. And uh, we have um, just go to our website for for more information. Wnypeace.org. Uh, we do have another um, Indigenous um, Apache leader that will be coming to Buffalo um, in April as well. Oh. Um, his full name. Um, uh, uh, I can't get I can't get his phone number, but his last name is Nosy, N O S I E, and he'll also be doing um, a circuit as well. So he'll be um, uh, talking about the uh, uh, the lawsuits against um, the government that Apache is having against the government 
and some other things in, in dealing with environmental sustainability. Um, uh, so in Rochester, and then he'll be coming to Buffalo. So we're still working those details out. And so, you know, stay tuned to our website to, you know, for And you guys details. have a newsletter? Do you have a newsletter? That yes, you yes. Um, again, you go to our website and mm-hmm. sign up for our newsletter, Talking Peace newsletter, and our radio show, Talking Peace, yes. on WBNY 91.3 FM. Uh, of my old station when I was in college. <laughs> On uh, Mondays, yeah. That, that was back when... Uh, Buff State. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, I, I won't... Uh, Take us back to those ancient <laughs> days uh, when that, it was on. But, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting because I was writing down, you know, some of your background here, you know, mm-hmm. education counselor, community health worker, doula, mm-hmm. herbalist, mm-hmm. urban homesteader, farmer. Okay. Huh? <laughs> 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 in my, is that an in my former life, is that, is that an experience that you kind of want to put put in, put in the past, or is that, no, yeah? no, that's that's what I've always been. Yeah. So yeah, um, the gardening comes from my grandmother and my mother and my great grandmother. Um, you know, connecting to the soil um, is my piece. Um, I believe in. Um, uh, for personal sustainability, we have to be connected to, I'll call the real world or nature. Um, you know, when everything was happening with COVID, you know, I had to put my hands on the soil, you know, and it's electrical currents, you know, that goes through, you know, our bodies and to the soil and living organic things. And to be uh, stable, to stabilize, you know, you start having panic attacks. Sure. Let me garden. Let me plant something that wants to live. You know, um, that gives us hope. And so, yeah, so a part, you know, I've been an urban homesteader for the past 20 years. And um, with the COI Cultural Center, we have an urban garden, uh, urban farm on uh, Jefferson Avenue uh, near Clinton. And uh, we have a small fruit orchard there. We had a greenhouse. Um, So that's been, you know, around since 2006. And uh, we also had a food co-op, you know, there um, at the Massachusetts Avenue Project, Tree of Life Food Co-op. Um, so uh, as far as food justice, I've been in food justice all this time. Um, as far as being a doula, that was one of my first, one of my first entries into um, advocacy. Hmm. Um, I, had a, I had a few um, friends that were teen moms. And I would, you know, be there as a friend, and, okay. you know, in the hospitals with them, you know, as they gave birth. And I would see how they'll be treated, you know, in, in these hospitals. And I just want to make, be clear. So you're mm-hmm. talking about uh, friends of yours, black women? Black women. Because we've heard, um, we've heard these kind of poor stories. Poor white women. We've heard these kind of stories about mm-hmm. how women, women of color specifically, yes. can be treated mm-hmm. in these scenarios. They're treated like children. Like, we know better than you. You're too young to know what's good for you or what's good for your labor. And so we're going to, you know, basically father you, mother you here in this hospital. And so, um, you know, I was 18, 19, 20. And I said, you know, this isn't right. Um, Some of these young women got married very early. You know, some, you know, they had their babies at 17 or what have you. Um, I'm godmother to a lot of those babies. Um, and so the first time I heard about, you know, what, you know, a do, the word doula was in the hospital um, with my friend. 
And, um, and do you find that doctors assume things? That- yes, very much so. You know, um, like I said, it, the the talking down, you know, to these young women, like like they didn't know anything. To me, you know, it just it did something in me to let me educate them. You know, let me let me make sure that you have an advocate. And at first, I thought, let me speak up for you. I'll speak for you. You know, but advocacy is not necessarily speaking up for others. It's helping others find their voice to speak up for themselves. Because in that hospital, if the woman didn't say that she wanted such and such, you know, op, you know, operation or what have you, they didn't listen to the father, to the doula, to the grandma. They didn't listen, you know, to us. You know, she had to say what she wanted. So I said I made it my business to make sure um, and to encourage women and families um, to speak up for what their needs are and um, and that they can have their needs met in any uh, space that they, you know, may choose to, to give birth. Um, and as long as they choose their caregiver, you know, right. So, I, you know, so I really, I believe in, you know, birth work. I, that I still do. I'll be my office manager's doula. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> my office, yeah, my office manager. Um, she'll be giving birth in May. Oh, wow. She asked me to be her doula, but I'm always a doula. You do, you, know? do you still get excited about being, always. being part of that? Always. You know, I, 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 I guess I love children. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, you know, finding my way towards them. But the babies, again, mm. if I speak up for no one else, let me speak up for those who can, that don't have a voice that don't have a voice and it makes me so emotional but they do not have a voice for what they need so let us give it to them you know so they are you know the the smallest citizen the smallest citizen that that has to depend on the world to survive let us speak up for them and help them to thrive so I, you know, <laughs> it makes me emotional, but that's why I do what I do. You know, you know, it's the same ideology. It's the same heart, whether I'm a doula or whether my hands are in the soil or I'm growing, you know, food or, you know, uh, you know, I'm educating children or I'm educating adults. It's the same heart to let me empower you to be the best person you can be for the for the your community that's what we need to do wow uh Deidre I, I appreciate you you know being so honest and and expressive on that so Thank it's you. it's something you would recommend oh yes every every woman deserves a doula well you know <laughs> <laughs> every woman deserves a doula you know she can choose again it's about choice she can choose whether she wants one or not but you know it's all about the power of choice and it be informed make an informed choice in everything that you do make an informed choice well uh, Deidre ML thanks for making the choice of uh, joining us today on Buffalo thank What's you Next. for having me I really appreciate it what a pleasure thanks. Deidre ML is the executive director of the Western New York Peace Center we talked a lot about their different programs uh, check out their website you can find out more information there for sure as well this has been Buffalo What's Next on WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo W-O-L-N-O-L-E-N and W-U-B-J Jamestown, your NPR station.